The game is, is to wake up into the greater knowing every day of the Lord that is with thee, your soul. That's what meditation is about. So in this inner journey, pay attention that that's what this journey is. That's what this inner walk is about every day in our meditation. And anything and everything that comes up in your mind, that stirs up in your emotions, that comes up for your body, that wants to get in the way of that, just love it. Love it all. And allow that loving to transform whatever that is so that you are detached from this creation more and more every day through your action of meditation and are waking up more and more every day to the Lord inside. There's no place you have to go. The Lord is in you. The Lord is with you. It's wake up, wake up, and know that. And then, and then let the Lord begin the greater journey back home into the fullness and the realms of spirit. But the first part of the journey is the waking up. And that inner journey first begins through the chakra system. And by understanding who you truly are within and taking authority over that, and learning how to live in that authority and share it out into the world. Live it out into the world. And not be an authoritative being in the world. It's not about being authoritative. It is about being loving. That is true authority. Is loving. Loving, acceptance, and forgiveness. There's only one thing that exists in all of creation. Only one thing, and that is God. And there's only one thing that God is, and that is loving. So there's only one thing for us to do. Only one thing for us to do as soul, as spiritual beings, as the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. And that is to wake up Wake up into the loving and know the Lord. That's it. There's nothing else for us to do. So don't get caught up in this creation, believing all these things that you are to be, to become, to do, to fulfill. It's an illusion. And it's a distraction. This world, the creator of this world, has created all kinds of distractions and illusions for us to get caught up in. And they are beliefs. They are feelings. They are desires. There are so many things that distracts our attention from God. The key is, is to be aware of those distractions and love them. And then allow yourself to bring your attention back to the Lord. Whether it's while you're driving down the street or sitting in meditation. Have God first. Have God first. Recently, I was getting in my car to go to the grocery store. And as I got in the car, I saw something I hadn't seen in quite a while. And that was my guardian angel came and sat on the hood, just like he did or she did when I was five years old. 
with my father. And when the angel came and was on my hood and I was backing out of the garage, it brought all the memory back of that experience with my father at the time. And I stopped for a moment and I just kind of allowed that experience to come awake inside of me again. Where I realized how wonderful it is to truly have God first and to know God first and to let God participate in everything that you do. Everything. To the point of getting in your car to drive to the grocery store and here's a quality of God's guardianship present with you to protect you. And you're aware of that protection. You're aware of God's loving for your soul. That's putting God first and living it in the fullest. Wake up. Wake up and see the Lord in everything. Wake up and know the Lord in everything. Wake up and live in everything that is the Lord. And so when I was backing out, I realized once again how sometimes I allow myself to get caught up in the distractions of this creation. How I often will not pay attention to the Lord in everything that is present because I'm distracted. I'm caught up on something in the world, trying to fulfill it, trying to figure it out, trying to understand it, trying to whatever. And the key there is the trying. This world is trying. It's trying to the spiritual nature. It's trying to the physical nature. And it's trying to distract us from the truth of who we are. But it's in the being that we can see the truth of who we really are. And it's in the being that we can experience God's grace in all of our experience in life. Eyes open, eyes closed. Ever awake in whatever state we're in. Awake and paying attention to where is the divine right now in this experience. So when you see something that you are afraid of in the world, whether it be a person, a place, a situation, or yourself, something in yourself, look and see if you can begin to see the Lord in it. And even talk to the fear and say, hey, show the Lord to me. Show me the Lord that's in you. I want to see God that is in you. And it will if you keep pursuing it. It's a game of pursuit. At first it will hide it. It will say, oh, no, no, God's not here. You don't want to, there's no God here. Just be afraid of me. Run away from me. Don't look to me. Don't come toward me. Don't love me. But if you will pursue it with a vengeance, and that vengeance is loving pursuit, that which you fear will transform. You will see the God that dwells within it, the learning, the lesson, the opportunity. You will reclaim that power that you have given away and restore it unto yourself. And you will be more fulfilled, more filled with the loving than before. And you will be freer. You'll be freer in this creation because you will not have that energy in the world that has blocked you through that action, that feeling of fear. And you will also be freer inside because you will be able to look up to God in a greater way of knowing. Knowing the divine in a new way. It's amazing to see that. I can remember when I was in 
high school, and I was taking language courses, trying to fulfill some things to get out of high school. And so I signed up for a German class. And I went in and sat down, and I was doing my first day of German. And the bell rang, and I got out what I was supposed to go to next, which was my English class. And I went out in the hallway, and I looked, and I went, oh, my God, it's the same teacher in the same classroom. I had her for two periods, German first, English next. And I had a fear of this woman because of what she represented to me and her fluidity of her language and her expression and her confidence. I had none of that as far as I could see. And so for the first few weeks, I was the only one that had her two periods, one back to back. So everybody else would get up and leave and I would just sit there and wait for everybody to please come on in. I don't want to sit here by myself with her. And she'd sit and she'd work on her desk and she'd look up at me a little bit and she'd work and she'd try to make a comment or something and I didn't know what to say. And, you know, I mean, my God, here's my teacher talking to me. I don't want that. And so finally one day in my meditation, which was my prayer back then, as I was praying to the Lord and, and sharing my loving with the Lord, she walked in to my prayer, and she was standing there right in front of me. And I'm getting all upset with her. She's not supposed to be in my prayer. She can't be there. Go away. Go back to the schoolroom. You know, go, go away. And my focus wasn't on God anymore. It was on her. She was in my way of getting to the Lord. And... I would look to her and I would try to get past her and she would move on up and in front of me again and I couldn't get her to go away. This happened for day after day after day until finally I didn't know what to do. And I was getting mad at God. I was getting mad at God because God wouldn't get her out of the way. I said, come on God, get her out of the way. I want to come to you. I want to love you. And it wasn't until I realized in my classroom, not in my prayer, that she was reaching out to me in friendship. She was wanting to participate with me in a different way than just as a teacher and student. And it was up to me to also reach out to her in the same manner. And it was very interesting because I felt from her coming towards me what I give from myself to the Lord a reaching out, calling out, offering, vulnerability, availability. I felt her doing that with me, and, and it felt very strange all of a sudden when I recognized, oh my God, that's what I do with God in my prayer. She's doing that with me. And I realized in that moment when I did see that, and I really did see the energy coming at me in a very real way, I realized I had to reciprocate. I had to move into that movement that she was offering me to be a part of. And so I began talking. And we became the best friends over the next two years because I ended up taking German too. And she was both, again, my English and my German teacher. And I found out later on she made an arrangement so that I would be in her next English class. 
because of our conversations. And we would talk about anything and everything. But it wasn't until I realized I needed to move into that flow that she was offering me to move into. And it was up to me to move into that in order to be able to participate in the depth that was there. And until then, I was afraid of her. I was afraid of what I saw in her, what I thought of her to be in my life. And that was standing between me and the Lord. Now, you may not have quite the same conscious awareness in your meditation to be able to witness those things that are standing between you and God. But pay attention. Is there a flow of loving? Is there a movement in some way that allows you to be aware that God is present in your meditation and that you are present in God in your meditation? It may be as simple as seeing the blue or the purple light in front of you, vibrating, pulsating, moving in you, through you, or lifting you up, or just present with you in the moment. And it is in that pulsation, that vibration, that is the movement of loving that is available for you to participate in. It may be the essence of loving moving through you as a feeling, as a warmth, as a tingling, as a vibration. It's up to you then to move into that river of loving, into that frequency that is moving in you and through you, and move with it, and see where it will carry you. And if there is not that sensation, then ask the Lord to assist you in understanding that which is blocking you from being in that river of loving, being in that frequency of movement of the Spirit, so that you can begin to see what is between you and the Lord and begin to handle that. But the way you handle any and everything in this world or in the meditation is in loving. Love it all. Love it all. Appreciate it all. Honor it all. Hold it up as the greatest gift that is being offered you at this time. That's what I did when I had cancer. That's what I did when I had migraine headaches when I was a child. I honored them. I loved them. And it was in the process, it's so interesting, because it was through the action of having all these chronic migraine headaches and staying home and staying in bed and not moving because it just made the headache worse that I learned how to get out of body. That I learned how to move away from the pain and into the quiet, into the spirit. But it was when the Spirit began to take charge of the movement of that that I felt I didn't have control and I went into fear and reaction. So if you have movement in your meditation, whether it be inside consciously while you're seated in the body or as you begin to move out of the body and journey into the realms of Spirit, pay attention and see what is taking place inside of you. And just love the experience and allow the loving to go before you. And 
if you're truly conscious and aware in that moment, ask that the grace of the Holy Spirit continue to go before you, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions. And it'll do it. Ask and you shall receive. So ask the Holy Spirit, go before me, clear away all those karmas, all those disturbances, all those distractions. I want to go to the Lord. And I ask you, the Holy Spirit, to just clear the pathway for me so that I can get home, that I can wake up, that I can know the truth of who I really am, a soul as divine as God. And it will happen. Does any of that make sense? So in your meditation, keep it simple. Keep it loving. And anything that is not loving, love it. Transform it into loving as well. And if it isn't an element of loving, if it is truly an element of this creation, it will just fall away. Because it will not stand in loving. And as you do your meditation in loving and wake up into the loving of the Lord, something truly wonderful happens. All those things that you've been struggling with, your diet, your habits, your addictions, whatever it might be, they will begin to fall away. They will fall away. Not instantly maybe, but they will begin to fall away. Your desire, your need, your want of whatever that is that isn't loving and that no longer serves you will begin to fall away. And then it's up to you to let it go. To just let it go. So many times I've seen myself watch these things fall away in my meditation, only to get up from my meditation and to do whatever I can to pick them back up and bring them back to myself. Well, but I don't want to let go of those hot dogs yet. What do you mean they're going to drop away? You know, so what if they're not helping my body? I want those hot dogs. But after a while, the loving will transform that energy in such a way that no matter how much you try to pick it up, no matter how much you try to bring it back to yourself, no matter how much you try to continue living the old patterns, you can't. They just don't fit in the frequency of who you are now. They do not fit. And all of a sudden, the hot dog doesn't taste good anymore. It actually tastes kind of gross. And you don't want it. It's like... God, why do I want to eat that? Well, before it was like, oh yeah, I'll have another hot dog. Make it three. So, pay attention and allow those things to fall away from you as they do. As they begin to drop away, let them drop away. And then look to see what it is you can step into that's next that serves the spirit of you better than what just dropped away. And honor whatever just dropped away. Don't judge it and curse at it and say, how dare you stay with me so long? I hated you. Why are you? I'm so glad you're finally leaving. Rather look at it and say, God bless you. I am so grateful for you. I am so thankful that you have been with me all this time. You've taught me so much about myself. And now I'm going to go forward with the authority of who I truly am and with the knowing of what I have learned from you. Thank you. And you will really step free of it in that way. It's about stepping free into the truth of who you are. So in this inner journey, it is one that is very simple. It's ever paying attention 
ever waking up inside. One of the keys I have found for myself in my meditation is something that is very simple, but yet is something very challenging for a lot of people. One way that I found for me to wake up in my meditation and truly experience in the spirit, if you haven't yet, this is one way to do it. Stay awake physically. Stay awake. Don't go to sleep. Decide to spend a night awake and meditate. The longer you can stay awake, the tireder you're going to get physically. Until finally the physical body, truly in its tiredness, will just be right at that door of sleep. But as you approach that door of sleep, you want to ever be focusing here at the seat of the soul, which is above that door of sleep. The door of sleep is right here behind the eyes where the mind dwells. And... When we go to sleep, we have to rise just above that door of the mind to go into the unconscious, and then we go to sleep. But if you're holding your attention above that place of the unconscious, when the mind and the physical body in its tiredness reaches that place of unconsciousness where it would normally go to sleep, and you're up here chanting the name of God and focusing inward and upward higher, you're going to wake up. You're going to wake up in a whole different way than you have ever before. And you'll be aware of the body, you may possibly be aware of the body actually going to sleep as you wake up in a different part of your beingness than ever before. And you wake up with clarity that you've never experienced because you're above the mind and you're in the truth of who you really are. And there's a sparkle and a clarity and a, and a quality about it that is so different from anything down here that you can have. Once you experience that, if you've not experienced something in your meditation, try this. Because once you've experienced that, that crystal clear essence in that moment, that is what's going to draw you back in your meditation. Some mystics call it the elixir of life, the Amritsar. It's tasting that sweet nectar of that clarity of spirit in that moment and knowing it in that moment and knowing, oh my God, I'm awake while my body is asleep. This is who I am. I'm not my body. In that moment, when you've tasted that, you will go back and want to drink of it again and again and again. And you will begin to understand the movement of consciousness and awareness and how to rise above consciousness and into the truth of being aware of yourself as spirit divine. So that's a little game, a little tool that I know works. And I still work that today, especially when there's a situation in my life, in the world that I just don't know how to resolve. And I'm really caught up with my consciousness trying to figure it out. I will do that. I will stay up rather than go to sleep. I will stay up and I will allow myself to get tired, 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 tired. All the time holding my focus here until finally I pop through those realms of consciousness 
and wake up in the divine knowing of who I am. And then there's resolution. The resolution is just right there. It's called loving it all. But somehow, in the midst of the storm down here, I have forgotten to love the situation. So give that a try and see if that doesn't work for you. I do know it will work. And it wasn't, it was years later when I was talking to a monk in a monastery. And in the monastery, a number of monks will stay up during the night, praying, praying, praying. And this one monk loves to do it, he said, because if he prays in the right way, with the right focus, he lifts up into the divine knowing that he knows that St. Augustine had talked about. And he doesn't know how he does it or why it happens, but he knows that if he will just stay awake all night, that somewhere in the night he's going to get so tired that he will just go almost to sleep and then he pops into this other place. And that's where he wants to be all the time. So it wasn't until years after I began to discover this for myself that I found out, oh, there's somebody else who does it. And then I found another person who did it. And another. And then I began to read spiritual books that talked about this same process. Not spiritual books in the world having to do with psychic material, but books on the path of sound and light. The great mystics of old as of today. They also share this. Not every one of them, but I have seen it written in some of their sharings. It's even in some of the poems. So that is a little game that you can play at home. And again, it's an, it's an action of meditation, but it's a different way of approaching it to see if you do not wake up into the divine knowing in a different way, in a more clear way than maybe you might otherwise do so in your meditation. Another key in meditation that I have found for myself is meditating on an empty stomach. It really does help to have the body not so weighed down, not so conscious of itself. And if the body is having to digest a lot of food, I find for myself that I don't rise up as easily. I haven't, haven't quite the fluidity of consciousness to move inward and upward and stay focused there because there's another part of me called my digestion and the mechanism that runs that that is ever pulling me back down into it. And there's a heaviness there. So that's one reason why I meditate in the morning before I ever eat anything. Because that lightness of the body and the energy of the body being quiet and not caught up in digestion and all allows me to rise out of it easier and to have greater experience inwardly. So that's another key. Now it may not be true for you. You may be able to eat a three-course meal, dessert included, and still be able to sit down 15 minutes later and have a great meditation. But I find when I do that, my meditation is about, golly, should I have had the apple pie or the chocolate cake? You know, should I have had the steak or the chicken? You know, the steak was a little bit tough. Why didn't I have the chicken instead? I knew I should have had the chicken. Well, that's what goes on. 
the mind just keeps going on and on about what's going on in the body. Or it'll reminisce about the meal and go, whoa, those were great. I've never had mashed potatoes like that in my life. That's what will happen for me. So I find that sitting down after a meal and meditating, it can be quiet, it can be still, it can, it can restore a refreshness in me, but it doesn't carry me into the divine knowing. And that's what I want my meditation to do. So for me, it's doing it on an empty stomach is the best way. So there's two different little keys that you might find will assist you in your own practice of meditation. Maybe you've tried them. Maybe you've even experienced this whole thing of going to sleep and then popping into a wakeful state but not realizing what was really taking place. That can happen not even focused in meditation, but really in a sense going to sleep. And that I learned to do early on in my childhood by waking up in my dreams and taking charge of them, lucid dreaming, as they call it. But it wasn't until later with this other action in my prayerful state that I learned by being tired I could pop into something even greater as my body went to sleep. And it is amazing to really be sitting here at the seat of the soul, awake and aware and knowing of yourself, and at the same time knowing your body just went to sleep. And what's funny is sometimes to even hear your body snoring while you're just wide awake and having experience. That's when you know I'm not the body. That's my body. Oh my God, listen to it. <laughs> it's quite an experience to have. And it's a wonderful experience because then you know that you are more than this body. So those are some little tools by which you might apply in your meditation to see if those don't assist you in your process. So why don't we open the floor for a couple of minutes with question and answers, if you have some questions. And Tom, if you want to bring the mic up. Vigil raised his hand, or Vigil will come back and get it. There we go. Hello? Okay, that was a nice concept we were talking about. Um, you know, almost like falling asleep. Um, what about like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you like can't go back to sleep? That's what I've been trying to do. Is I go to a meditation, it's going pretty good for a while, then I like fall asleep. Um, but I guess that technique is also can apply to that also because last night it was like I was there and I realized that my mouth was open and I go, oh my gosh, I'm asleep, and then. Well, I saw something, but then I popped up awake. And but trying to get back to there, it was. How do you keep? My question is, how do you keep your eyes from opening up when you're seeing something? And you realize your eyes are closed, and you open them up, and you lost it. I guess it just takes practice. It does. It does. It does. You just start. You learn to relax, because after you do it enough, you realize when you open your eyes, all of a sudden you're physically present, right back in the body. I, when I first started having these experiences, I'd get so excited, my excitement would bring me right back. So then I started to learn, 
when that started to happen, I could feel myself moving into that. So I go, okay, relax. Or your eyes would start, my eyes would start fluttering, and it's like a, you know, yeah. something. Just learn, you start to train yourself to relax. You consciously, literally relax. Because you know if you don't, all of a sudden you're right back. So literally, you just, it is, it's practice, like you said. The more you do it, the more you'll just relax and get deeper and deeper. And all of a sudden you get beyond all that. The fluttering will even stop because you've now moved beyond it. It's kind of a little electrical stimulation that the body will go through. But we've just got to learn to keep holding that inner focus to get beyond it. But that's the key is to hold the inner focus. You know, that's, this is part what we're talking about now is a lot of the reason we suggest two and a half hours or more of meditation. This is what Jim's talking about, doing it all night. This is what I do when I, you know, when I have my really good meditations, they're usually three to four hours long because this is what I do. You just hold that focus long enough until the body literally will fall asleep. But you keep holding the focus here so that you wake up as the body falls asleep. And there comes a point where you've trained yourself enough over the years of doing it where it'll just be a natural because you know how it works. And so you just keep moving you know, through the fluttering, through the twitches, through the excitement, through whatever, and then just allow the body to relax and then all of a sudden it will fall asleep, but then you'll just wake up and you won't pop back in because you've learned to now go beyond that point where you would come back. And then you just chant yourself right on out. You just keep on chanting and holding that focus, and you'll literally just move right on past that and then into the conscious experience. It's like my, my, my mind says, uh, Vichel, your eyes are closed. You know, like I'm not supposed to see anything with my eyes closed. They're supposed to be open. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's kind of dealing with my mind, telling it to just, hey, just hold on or something. But okay, thanks. Well, the key is, is to be aware that it's the spiritual eye that it's open. And it's in the spiritual eye that we see in spirit. It's not with the physical eyes. And so when you begin to see in meditation, allow yourself, as, as Brian said, just to relax into the knowing that my spiritual eye is open, and now I'm, I'm witnessing, I'm seeing in spirit. And just allow yourself to see it at that level. And, and allow the experience to come in through that. It will come right into you or you will go into it as you allow yourself to live in that essence that is seen or known with that eye open. Oh, thank you. I'm going to pass it to Ann. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Years ago, I started with some of the, the, the names of God, and um, it was very difficult for me, even before there were any names of God involved, uh, to do this business of you're, you're all these different things. There's the physical, and there's the imaginative, and there's the emotional, and there's the mental. And, the subconscious and eventually the soul. It, it really has been very, 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 very difficult for me to separate myself. I feel as though, I guess I still feel it. You know, my knee can be my imagination <laughs> and, and vice versa. And, 
certainly mental and, and emotional are all mixed up with me. And, okay, so then I worked on, okay, so this is the physical realm and this, this is name and now here's the whatever and there's the next name and then the emotional and then the next name and 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 I, I finally have gotten them sort of separated and I sort of think of the physical of the first one and I sort of think of the imaginative of the next one and the emotional of the next one and the mental. I must say the subconscious comes seems to be very easy for me to figure. But then you say that that we're chanting these names to forget all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm confused. The confusion Go ahead. The confusion is just the mind trying to figure it all out. See, maybe it'd be easier if for these two hours we get together, all we do is hold our focus here and chant inwardly the whole time. That's all you have to do. That's it. Well, maybe that's my question. It's because a, when I say I'm confused in my mind, my mind doesn't understand any of this. It see, is really, that's, that's occasionally is peaked into a little curiosity, but that's like once a month. <laughs> the reason why we share all this other information is because sometimes it can help quiet the mind so that the mind understands what's going on and so it will let go. If it has information, it can bring peace or quiet to the question. That to me is a lot of the reason for information, but also the information there is to support you so that as you move into inner experience and all of a sudden you have experience of something we talk about, you'll just go, oh, it'll be the knowing of remembering of what was spoken. And so then you can relax and have the experience and keep moving and not go into fear or reaction. So really though, the simplicity is just simply the one-pointed focus at the spiritual eye. That's it. Not you don't, necessarily you don't, the names you of don't, each. You don't need, no, none of that. Remember, all the names we talk about are the different levels of consciousness, the Lord of the realms. But really it's all the names together. It's just one name. Truly it's one name. There's just different levels of that. But if you can think of all those five names, as we call them, just as one name, it's one pointed focus, one name, and that's God, the name I of see. God. So, so hold the focus on God and chant the name of God, and that's all you need. That's I it. I could have saved myself a lot of trouble. <laughs> it's the simplicity that'll. The simplicity is what will give you the freedom and the clarity. All the other is just information, and if it's getting in your way, which it sounds like it is. Let it go. You don't need to figure out anything. You really don't. It's just hold the focus, the one-pointed focus on God and chanting the name of God. And that will lift you above all the realms. You don't need to know the physical. You don't need to know the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric. You don't need to know those. If you're focused on that, that's going to get in the way of the destination, if you will, which is just God. So hold your Here focus. Here I thought. Hold your focus. It was my duty to learn all of those nope. things and figure nope. them out inside there's, me. <laughs> there's nothing to learn here. It's truly all just about awakening and having the experience of oneness. Well, that's what I've been getting that's, in the last year or so, and I wondered. <laughs> the true way to. But so I can just stop the other thing that yes. wasn't natural to me to begin with. The true yeah. learning, anyway, is our experience, not the information. This is not a mental process. So you don't need to try to think your way through. It's called hold your focus here and wake up. And in the awakening, 
the learning takes place because of your own experience. So there's not going to be a little exam where you come and say, were you being physical ed or were you being astral or were you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank God there's no tests. <laughs> In spirit, God doesn't put you to the test. <laughs> you, know, you know, we know something as of recent where a teacher on another pathway has actually been getting rid of some books and stuff or something so that the information doesn't get in the way because people were getting too mental about it. Go for the experience of waking up spiritually. One pointed focus, one name, that's God. Thank you. you want to get the microphone? And it's a hell of a lot easier doing it that way. <laughs> no, it's a heavenly, it's heavenly easier. <laughs> it's a hell of a lot easier, too, because the hell's not so hard trying to figure it all out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Blame me, when you wake up into the divine knowing, you'll understand it more. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you won't even care. <laughs> I guess this may be a semantic question, but... What's the difference between, or what is the relationship when you are talking about God and the Holy Spirit? When you ask God to participate with you, when you ask the Holy Spirit to go before you, what's the, is there a difference? Is it the same thing? It is all God. It is an action of God. The Holy Spirit is the action of God from which all came into existence and by which all returned back to God. It is the river of love. The Holy Spirit is the audible life stream that is in the midst of the river of loving that is ever calling us back to the center of it, to ride that current back up from which we came. And it is the, the power, that is the name, the power of the name, the Holy Spirit, the audible life stream, that will carry us back up. It is the power of the name by which all came into existence. God spoke and it came into being. And it is that same word spoken in the beginning that returns us from which we came. So it's a matter of entering back into the Holy Spirit, which is God's action of loving that created and returns his creation back to itself. I always just like to say to people, the Holy Spirit is God's loving. That's it. If you can really think of it, truly is the river of loving. That's it. And that river of loving has a source called God. And with that, we'll call it an evening. It's 9 o'clock.